Hello, everyone. Welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast, the Arsenal preview episode. Uh, I'm Kev, your host as always. And once again this week, I'm joined by the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and town fan Dan Barrett-Davis. Gents, I hope you've put Saturday behind you and you're looking forward to what could be a special night at the Kenny. It's my birthday. It better be. Well, that's fucked it, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it? We are Premier League! I love this town. I love this town. I love this this town. You know what I love about this town? It's actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're looting people. And that's what we care about. Okay, so besides from it being James's birthday on Tuesday night, uh, it's a visit of the league leaders to Kenilworth Road. But obviously, James, I can't talk about Luton v Arsenal without a trip down memory lane because it, every time the two clubs are put alongside each other, you just have to think of 24th of April 1988 and uh, just the most magical day, obviously the most historic day up until probably the playoff final um, earlier in this year. It's a day that anyone who was there will never forget. I wasn't there. Thanks very much, Dad. Um, <laughs> but it's just synonymous with Luton fans of this fixture. Yep. Um, I wouldn't mind if uh, Steve Foster's available for the defence. We might need him. Someone give him a call. I need someone in defence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone will do. Yeah. Brian still, Steve well, we still, still got, lives And We've still got Mick around. Get, get, get him involved, see what happens. Um, no, yeah, it's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, memorable, memorable day. Um, and yeah, like you, I wasn't there, but I was in the town for the celebrations, stood in Berry Park, waving a flag in a questionable leather jacket. <laughs> leather? <laughs> it probably wasn't leather in those days, mate. Thatcher's, Thatcher's, uh, well for himself, so. Thatcher's 80s. <laughs> pleather off Dunstable Market that's what that was <laughs> you, you said you'd like um, Steve Foster in our defence I tell you what we would would pay a dime or two for Gus Caesar in their defence on um, Tuesday night wouldn't we yeah that would be uh, that would be lovely uh, Tuesday mm. night of course this game takes place quarter past eight kickoff 8.15 not quarter to eight as it usually is 8.15 if you haven't got a ticket to the game it is sold out but you can watch the game live and in full on Amazon Prime, if you're an Amazon Prime uh, subscriber, Prime Video, it's the main match on Prime Video on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, that cup final, I mean, obviously, it's just just in, ingrained in our history, really, isn't it? And yeah. um, to be fair, it, we played them a lot around that time. We generally had a decent enough record against them, and they were a good side then. They were, you know, they were one of the best sides in the league. That defence was sort of unpenet- uh, unpenetrable until... Have you seen where they are in the league this time around, Kev? <laughs> they're not quite, they're, you know. Uh, they're not over the line yet, you know. But, you know, it's not like some of these teams that were played where their glory years came after the the 80s, literally in the Premier League uh, era. They, they were a good side and that defence was top-notch and uh, Brian Steen didn't read the script and thankfully got us over the line. Yeah, well, that's that's what you get for going into games against teams like Little Old Luton and expecting to just show up and go through the motions. <laughs> yep and how many times have we heard that <laughs> I think since <laughs> I think we'd all settle for a 3-2 win on uh, Tuesday night that's for sure and I'll take the 0-0 now if I'm honest who knows <laughs> uh, someone might too, even mate. predict that in the um, 
score predictions at the end of this podcast. But before we get there, that's, as James just alluded to, they're not a bad side now. Obviously, uh, top of the table after Manchester City's, um, draw on Sunday. I think they'd have been top anyway, actually, wouldn't they? They're three points clear at the top. And of course, they play before Man City. So this is a chance for them to go six points clear at the top. Does that put a little extra pressure on them? And in which case can we play and use that to our advantage? Well, I bloody hope so. We've got to, got to try anything we can get, possibly. So um, I don't think pressure for them at the moment is trying to go a little bit further ahead in the title races that they were quite some way last year and got reeled back in. But I think that would be the, the pressure side of it. Listen, they're ultimately expected to beat Luton and come here and do a job. And it's up to Luton to try and change that. And you can look to the Liverpool game and the and the Spurs game as to how they've tackled these um, big six sides, which I think you can call Spurs that at the moment. Um, the, You're making an allowance to have a top six and put Spurs in. Just because uh, we've got Arsenal and they might... Uh, they might like that comment. <laughs> I mean, uh, Arsenal it. fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Listen, they've got threats from all over the place and, um, you know, we're currently sweating on whether we can field a defense. So it's going to be one, it was going to be one of the hardest challenges anyway. And after the weekend, when Lockyer and Mengi go out, uh, injured, then, uh, yeah, it, it, if you're having to put a makeshift defence together, then um, you'd be worried. But and the little little bit in the back of your mind, you're, you're thinking, well, maybe it's all back to the wall and um, sort of siege mentality, and and that can that can have an effect. But I think when you're talking about teams at the top of this Premier League, they're just absolutely ruthless, and that seems to be what Arsenal are. Before I get pelters from the other half of Merseyside to the ones that Dan pissed off earlier on in the season, they would, of course, only go five points clear at the top. Arsenal, Liverpool are in second place, not Manchester City, of course. I still have it in my mind that Man City are the team to beat. And who knows, on Sunday we might um, see why. You're going uh, for the north of London now, are you? Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're right about the defence, right? But Danny, if they're going to miss games, right, mm. because of injury... Are they as well to miss this game and uh, and potentially Sundays? Because even with them in the side, let's be realistic, our chances of winning the game is slim. So would I guess the question I'm asking is, would you rather them miss these two games and be fit for Bournemouth or play these games and potentially not be fit for Bournemouth? Arguably. I mean, although you want you want your best players fit for all the games. But that's living in an ideal world, which we all know we don't live in. So, yeah, you'd probably, you'd probably say get them fit for Bournemouth. Maybe introduce them a little bit into maybe Tuesday's game or maybe Sunday's game. But, yeah, you, you, like you said, in an ideal world, you want them both for both games, for Arsenal and City. But if it means that they're going to miss the Bournemouth as well, whereas... No disrespect for Bournemouth, to Bournemouth, but they're one of those in that eight-team mini league we talked about. That I think we we could probably target for picking some points up, and and you need your best team available for that. I think for for, for games like Arsenal and Man City, if we if we are going to be short 
at the back as as far as we know, as far as the team team news goes, we haven't heard Rob's pretty much press at this point. We've got Gabe Osho as the only natural recognised centre half. Yeah, my understanding is so, Tom will be fine. Yeah. I mean if 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 Lockie's if Lockie's back then great. I don't know about Ted and Mengi. Um I wouldn't expect him to be playing. So you, I mean with that you you've got three essentially there, haven't you? Because Bell can tuck in there and then it's a question of is Doughty going to be fit in time, etc. But uh, going around it's wouldn't you argue that but, Bell is now a recognised centre off after yeah, last season? Yeah, he's he's recognised, but not saying natural. Not saying okay, yeah, fair, fair not point. natural because he's he's obviously a wing a wing back and I remember speaking to him last year at the end of the season dinner and I said, What do you prefer? He said wing back, but I'll play where I'm told because that's my job. <laughs> Might not prefer wing back when he's got Bakayo Saka up against him, though. He might say, "Let me play, let me play centre half. I'll stay away, well away from that particular, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that that particular clash." You see where I'm coming from, though. We're going to less chances are we're going to lose these two games, right? I think that's realistic. Mm. Um, that's not to say that we'll go into them beaten, but they're top of the sec- top, top and third for a reason. So. With or without Lockyer or Mengi, chances are we're going to lose. So if there's any doubt over them whatsoever, they're better to miss this game. I, I think even if a Bournemouth fan read, uh, watched this, if I said to them, our next four games are Arsenal, Man City, Bournemouth, Newcastle, what's the game that's most likely to be won by Luton? Even a Bournemouth fan's going to say, well, yeah, it's Bournemouth. Man City. It's just, you know, it's just how it is. <laughs> it's important that that we focus all of our attention on that game. That's not to say that we want to get absolutely trolled in these two games, which I guess is the caveat that if these defenders aren't fit could happen. If we, if we're going to lose even with them, obviously the logic would suggest we'll lose more without them. It's a, it's a delicate one, isn't it? Well, it definitely is. I mean, I think everybody knew how much the challenge was going to be at the weekend, regardless of who was playing. But if you're not, Basically, Luton have to be at their full strength, uh, at their almost perfect to get anything from most games. And so when you're reduced to uh, a makeshift defence, say, or key players are out, or you don't perform to your maximum, then it's very difficult to see where you're going to get points. And it's not for a want of trying or anything. It's just because of the level of the quality you're up against in in this division. And, uh, you know... The table does not lie, and Arsenal were there. It wasn't, you know, they got there last season, and then if you're thinking if they could do it again this season, but they clearly are at the moment, so it's not a fluke. They've got some fantastic players, a great young squad. Um, they don't give away many goals. I think it's like 0.83 per game, so less than one one goal game. So you, Luton have essentially got to keep them out, and they haven't got a clean sheet so far. Uh, and somehow score more goals than most other teams do in this division. Um, uh, and that's the scale of the challenge, really. So if players are out, that just makes it harder. does indeed. Yep. Uh, I mean, they're a good side. Most clean sheets in the league, six clean sheets, third highest possession behind Manchester City and Tottenham. We've already seen what one of them can do, and we're going to see what the other one can do on Sunday. As you mentioned, fewest goals uh, conceded. But actually... That is probably where their strength is, sort of in defence. They're not really blowing sides away. I know they thrashed Sheffield United 5-0, but that's par for the course these days, isn't it? It's, Burnley uh, did that. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily the result that it looked at the <clears> time. 
they're not really, apart from that Champions League game last week, they're not really blowing sides away. I mean, even on Saturday, they let Wolves back into the game late on and okay, they held on. But, you know, they're, they're winning these games by, I mean, you think back earlier in the season, Fulham drew there and Fulham are awful. Um, <laughs> you know, it, they're not blowing, they're not blowing teams away. So if we, if we can do what we usually try and do, stay in the game, get to half time, nil, nil, I guess you just never know. And you look at their goalkeeper, there's got to be a, a cock up in there. I mean, they've got two number ones and you put the two together and there still ain't a number one in there. It's, that's an area where we can exploit. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, we knew this coming into this division when you play the, the top 10 almost and you, you're thinking you're not going to get much out of the game. And um, I, I, I guess the thing is, when you're playing at Kenworth Road, what, what can that factor do? And it showed against Spurs and even more so against Liverpool it can have an effect, it can have an impact. And I guess, you know, in the previous answer, I said Luton have got to be almost perfect in most games, in nearly all games, then I think that's true. But then if you add a little bit of extra Kenilworth throat under the lights factor, and I know we talk about it a lot, but it, it genuinely has to be one of the most hostile places they're going to have gone to this season. You've, you've just got to make it that, uh, to like, to, to give Luton a chance and you know that sort of thing really fills you a bit of hope because I think I think that's doable um, you know we, we've talked many many times about how it's got to be sort of Watford and Sunderland levels whether it can get that I don't know because those games had so much riding on them uh, and this is a league game where you're not expected to do well but I think to help give the the team a chance and that's got to be a factor because on paper, they're, they're clearly the better side. Yeah, I'd be surprised if the atmosphere isn't red hot for this one. Quarter past eight kickoff, Tuesday night. Everyone, you know, it's extra half an hour for everyone to have a couple of beers for those that want one before the game. And, you know, it will. Give, it, give everybody a couple of free beers like they did um, that, for that. Yeah. For that Was it Sunderland or Watford? Maybe yeah, both. Sunderland game, yeah. It, it get, wasn't quite yeah. free. You did have to buy one to get a free one. But, well, you, you know. know. Bog off, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> you could, bog off. You've got you got, you to take what you can get in this world, that is for sure. Uh, chief threat then for Arsenal, Dan um, Bakayo Saka. Mm. I think he was England's player of the year, wasn't he? Let alone just Arsenal's. He's the highest rated player on FootMob uh, this season. At seconding chances created, 36 chances created, only Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier has created more than him this season. I mean, he's a standout player, isn't he? Can't score a penalty in an important penalty shootout, but um, he is a standout, <laughs> standout footballer. Cav, stop trying to be controversial. <laughs> all right, listen, we all watched it. Yeah, we did, and some of us are still scarred from it. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a hell of a talent, isn't he? I mean, if you if you're talking about talented players and one of the best players in in the country, Saka's definitely in that discussion. Um, so we, we're going to have to be really on it. But I mean, hey, look, going into the Liverpool game, I thought we're going to have to keep Mo Salah quiet to stand a chance, and we we managed that somehow. Um, yeah, he was barely in the game, was he? That's no, he was. Yeah, early on, I think he had he had um, a couple of chances where he was pinging balls in and getting at us. And then after that, it, I think there was one little nudge, and he stopped. <laughs> and we're going to have to do that with Saka. I mean, we've got got to do it respectfully and try not to give away too many silly fouls because I think he's one of them players that, in order to stop him, you've got to 
You've got to, you've got to stop him. Do you know what I mean? But, but how do you, how do you do that? Because Wolves doubled up on him yesterday and that didn't work. <laughs> well, you, you've got to be smarter at it than Wolves were. I mean, I watched the highlights from that and they weren't exactly bright with it. They, I mean, they, they were literally ball watching some of the balls that went into their box. You've got about five or six Wolves players and they're all just watching and one of their players comes in behind and grabs a goal. So, <laughs> uh, well, hopefully Luton have got that out of their system at, um, <laughs> at I would Brentford at the weekend. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you, you're allowed a bad day at the office, but I say, like you said, home games at Kenilworth Road under the lights, how many times do we say it? And it, it, like you say, it makes a difference. I'm literally just repeated what you just said. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, Saka, Saka's one of them players that we're, we're really going to have to be smart and then someone um, because he, he will hurt you. He, he'll, he'll find any any little angle he can get at you. He'll use it and he'll, and he'll exploit it. Yeah, I remember when he come on the scene, he come on the scene as a left back, didn't he? And now he's a right winger. I mean, he can't play two more different roles if you try, but he's <laughs> he's damn good, isn't he? I mean, for me, after Haaland, he's the best player in the Premier League for me. And I know I know, wow. I know Liverpool fans will come at me about Salah and everything Ooh. else, but I think he's that good. Yeah. I really do. Um, he's got the lot. He can finish. He can create. He's got the pace. Unlike Salah, he does work back. And... Um, there's a re- there's a reason why he, he was England's best player last season. He's he is. He's, we'll have to put a dartboard in front of your he, face. He is, he is that. <laughs> or he behind is, you. He is that good. He is. Yeah, he is that good. Um, well done, Bukayo Saka for being very very good. But don't be um, very very good. But on yeah, Tuesday if night. you could have a bit of an off day at Kenworth yeah. Road, and if um, pull a sicky, pull a sicky. Um, yeah, some. Mild inconvenience, like uh, I don't know, drop a salad cream yeah. pot on your yeah on some, your toe or something, a stone in your shoe or something that you yeah. can't get out. That sort of thing, splinter in your arse. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> some something that puts you off your game, or you know the, the fellas on the front row at, um, in the main stand giving you <laughs> giving you hell. Whatever it is, um, if you can have a bit of an off day, that'd be greatly appreciated. But um, he's he is he's a great talent. He's um, you know to come on the scene and uh, and do for Arsenal and England um, is, you know, it's remarkable. Um, he's turning into such a talent that I think he's, he's getting talked of in the the vein of players that you, the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona would look at. Um, and that's, that's, that's saying something. So, um, yeah. How do you stop him? Because he's quick. It'll take a couple of players on if he needs to. He'll shoot from thirty yards if you if you give him the chance. Yeah. Um, I, I guess you've just got to have someone that's really focused on stopping him, um, whoever that may be. Yeah, we're going to have to ride our luck down that side. That's for uh, that's for sure. Saka will be at the Euros next summer, but Martin Odegaard won't. But he's another threat that we have to keep an eye on. Um, possibly the best number ten in the Premier League. Um, I think that's you know I don't think that's pulling up any trees Real, came from Real Madrid mm. their captain so they obviously think very highly of him uh, and to be fair since he arrived they've become a different side because they were just going nowhere really when I would say going nowhere they were always fifth or sixth but they seem to have elevated since he arrived yeah they have and a player like of Odegaard's quality is the reason why they are serious title contenders and why they were up there till the last few games of last season. Sorry, Arsenal fans. Um, 
But it's the truth. They were they were up there, and then they 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 stopped being up there. <laughs> the but is but, that your way of saying they bottled it? I'm not saying they bottled it <laughs> because you're not allowed to say that. Yeah, they didn't bottle it at all. Man City were just bloody good. Uh, but yeah, no. Going back to it, Odegaard is is a player. I mean, you don't get to play for Real Madrid at such an early age if you haven't got something about you. Um, and he certainly has got that. I mean. He's out of a talent and it is a shame for things like the Euros that he's not going to be playing in that because it's players like him that can light it up and he's probably the second best number 10 behind Ross Barkley when Ross starts playing there. (laughs) You get no disagreement from me. I tell you what, when half of you... I'm not trying to upset Arsenal fans here. I'm just pointing facts. (laughs) When uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> when three quarters of Europe qualify for the Euros, it's enough good effort for Martin Odegaard and uh, Erling Haaland not to get Norway there, isn't it? I mean, especially when they're in a group with Scotland. It's just the rest well. of them that are rubbish, then, isn't it? Oh, they were in a group with Scotland as well. It wasn't it like that they were up against uh, anything. <laughs> I say, ups- you see, you've upset yeah. North London and the whole of Scotland. Well done. And he meant it. So that's fine. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. he did. Yeah, um, Odegaard. Yeah, class act. Good for good with free kicks. I've seen him ping a few of them in. Got that sort of twenty-five yard shot that never misses the target. He's got that through ball that he can pick a pass through the lines. He's, yeah, he's got the movement. He finds space in the box. Kind of like Madison earlier in the season, isn't he? Only I think he's slightly more effective in the box than Madison. Madison's injured. That's why. Yeah. Not earlier in the season, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No. Yeah, what you said. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> All of that is uh, amazing. No, I really like the kid. He's a, he's, he's an absolutely fantastic talent. And, you know, sometimes when you leave, a player leaves around Madrid, it's maybe they've not cut, they've not cut it. Or I think that, I don't necessarily think, I think he's showing that that's not the case with him. Sometimes your face don't fit because you're not, uh, the, the Galactico they want or something in Real Madrid. I think, I think they've just got a great deal there for him to go to Arsenal. So um, everything about him is um, intelligent, I think. Um, and yeah, I'd really, <laughs> I really would like it if Marv could be playing this game because it, I, I'd be more confident about the centre of the park being less vulnerable to the way he can pick a pass through the lines, um, but I, I don't think that Marv's going to be available for this for this game, so they're going to have to uh, come up with something else. Pelly, maybe Pelly's an Arsenal supporter, so you know maybe he'll, he'll play out of his skin and um, show him what for. But uh, I, I'd agree with you, really. I think in you know number ten stakes in this division, he's he's up there, and he, just because he's shown it last season on this. Yeah, definitely. And of course, both Saka and uh, Odegaard scored in the last two games, although to be fair, everyone scored in that Champions League game, didn't they? That's um, <laughs> that's where the threats all come from. I mean, normally, we would pick out a third attacking threat to worry us, but Arsenal rotate a lot, don't they? It's either Jesus or Nketiah in the middle, Trossard or Martinelli down the left-hand side. We don't really know which one it's going to be. So we'll go with those two. They're the main threats. And we'll look at someone that Luton can target in the opposition. Um the two centre-backs are usually the place where you start in this league, but you've got Gabriel and William Saliba. Obviously, when Saliba was fit last season, Arsenal were brilliant. When he wasn't in the team, they shit a brick. And um, that's 
you know that that that's where that's where it went wrong for them. But those two You've got are a spare shirt underneath that. Those two, well, no, I haven't. <laughs> those two, no, particularly if it's not that shitty kit that they come down here in uh, earlier on in the season. But those two are in place, and they're probably the best centre back pairing in the league. So we're probably going to have to attack somewhere else. Therefore, you look at the fullbacks. You've got Zinchenko, probably not getting much joy down that side. Ben White, the other side. Probably not getting a great deal of joy there. So is it mm. Jorginho that we have to uh, isolate in this game? Good player. Mm. Another one who can't score a penalty when it matters in the European Championship final. Um, but he's not got the pace, has he? Some of these holding midfielders like Douglas Louise, they get round the park very, very easily. I don't know what to set him off. They get round the park very easily. It's your memory with missing penalties. Jorginho's not like that. Well, if you're going to walk up to the ball like a clown and then still miss, then you're uh, going to get remembered, aren't you? Hey, Southgate was as Benable's put every faith in Southgate. That yeah, but moment. at least he kicked us anything. Um, he's, well, he, barely. He, he's, I don't That's, want to say he's sorry. a weak link in the yeah. side, but he's not as strong as some of the others, I don't think. I mean, if he was, Chelsea wouldn't have given him to Arsenal in the first place. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about weak links in the Arsenal team. I don't think they have very many, if any. Yeah, really. compa- um, you know, it's comparatively speaking. If, if you're compar- comparing him to some of the others in the squad, I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought Jorginho would be starting. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're talking about weak links, you're looking at Kai Havertz, but he's not going to play, is he? So we've got to target someone. There's no point targeting someone who's on the bench, is there? When you it's- ask me for prediction, I think uh, Kai Havertz <laughs> is probably going to get the winning goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that happens, all the best to him. But having seen him... In person, I can't see it happening. No. Well, yeah, I mean, like you say, if there is going to be such a thing as a weak link in the Arsenal side, Jorginho's probably in that discussion. Uh, can we exploit him if he's playing? Yeah. I strongly suspect he won't be. I think they'll probably have Rice in there. Well, Rice is a given, isn't he, if he's fit, unless he's suddenly pulled up lame leading up to it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's certainly someone that we perhaps could look at exploiting. And if they do get a penalty, hopefully he's taking it and disguise it. Yeah, I'd be amazed if Jorginho doesn't play. They're going to have eighty percent of the ball, aren't they? That's not pulling. You know, that's not saying anything. That's not. No, they, know, they, they're, they're going to have eighty percent of the ball. The best pass, one of their best passes in the side. They're going to have him in there, aren't they? They're, that internal free rise to go forward. But we've got we've got to find a way of getting through someone. The back four don't look particularly. <laughs> Easy, does it? Well, don't we start get, shooting from range? Yeah, you got to get past someone and hit some shots at these two goalkeepers who are Tetra put under all, all sorts of pressure. Um, or, or so they say, don't they? But I, I don't think, I think Raya's just better than Ramsdale. That's just how it is. And that's just, why. I think he's he's trying to create competition. And I think if you've got two goalkeepers of their standard, what Arteta perceives to be, I know you don't particularly see them as excellent goalkeepers but Arteta clearly does and but he can't make his mind at which one's the better one so he's just letting them fight it out between them see I don't think he is I think he's put Raya as the number one and it's the media who are moaning because Aaron Ramsdale is his media darling he's crap well, he's, what, he's, in, he's an English goalkeeper and I think people have had enough of T-Rex arms but that's why he's replaced him he hasn't replaced him because oh I want two good goalkeepers he's replaced him because I've not got a good goalkeeper and I'm buying a slightly better goalkeeper that's all it is yeah. Either way, we've got to test this goalkeeper uh, and it might be that shots from distance uh, are the way to do it because, I mean, Saliba's arguably the best centre-half in the league right now. He's quality, isn't he? Yeah. I know there's a lot of names you're throwing about there, but we're talking, still talking about Jorginho. Ted and Mengi aside, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that's um, got to be the area of the pitch, isn't it? I, I think it has, but um, I wouldn't say 
is necessarily a weak link. I think it's very... No, no, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. I just meant in comparison to the rest of the players that's going to be on the pitch, he's there. Yeah, yeah. Weaker link. Mm. No, I take I, I take your point. It's, you, we've got to try and find somewhere that um, is possible and he's uh, older, obviously. But I don't think he ever had any pace anyway. I no, think it's always been I, deep, I, yeah, I think he's a very canny player. Um, and he showed that when he was playing for Italy in when they won the Euros. Um, I think he's a very clever clever footballer and um, almost not expected to do too much uh, for Arsenal, but can control that midfield area to let players bomb on and, and do he's, what they he's, need he's to. He's sort of there to lay it on a plate for the others. Yeah. A bit more advanced than he so that they take the glory, but he's he's, he's a bit like marvellous in a lot of ways that, yeah, Marv does a lot I think his passing range is a bit better than Marv's to be fair mm. <laughs> I think that's probably arguably not mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I see what you're saying I, I think that's probably that where the damage can be done because you, you could say let him have the ball but I think he's got he's got the tools to unpick a defence so mm. um, but equally I suppose if Luton can get numbers forward um, or uh bully them in any way then maybe he might be susceptible there um uh you know if we double up on him but like like you say that that certainly depends on committing it's, it's hard to yeah, double not, up yeah on i'm a, not sure i'm doubling on up a on a defensive, defensive midfield, midfield yeah. anchor though is it well no I, I mean in terms of like if we're countering and he's got to deal with it do you then put someone in to try and draw him in so another one can go round him but I think that's what you want anyway, isn't it? You well, want Barkley yeah, really. driving through the middle and then when he gets to him, then he's got the pass on and things. But I think when they've got the ball, like you just said, rather than let Jorginho have the ball and do what he wants with it, we need someone putting him under pressure, whether that's Absolutely. Carl Morris dropping back yeah. or someone else going forward. We need, you know, we can't just let him dictate the play. If we let him dictate no. the play with the six or seven stars in front of him, it's going to be a bloody long night. I mean, it's going to be a long night anyway. Yeah, That just makes it even longer. And I'm sure Rob will be... And I think that's that. that's the valid highlight point of, of of this discussion is to just don't let him dictate and 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 do what he he did for Italy uh, and what he's done many many times for for Arsenal um, and and uh, on the other side of it to Dan's point is when countering and when attacking if you can get him on the turn then he's not going to like that because he doesn't have the pace so that's something as well. Indeed. So how are Luton going to do this? Well, it's, you know, it's Luton's team selection that's probably going to be the issue here. So as Dan alluded to earlier, we are recording this before Rob's pre-match press conference. I'm led to believe Tom Lockyer will be okay. He might need, you know, um, checks before the game, but apparently his back injury was literally just uh, a knock and not anything significantly serious. He certainly walked across the pitch. So, you know, they wouldn't have let him do that if that was serious. Ted and Mengi, we're not sure about. The vibes on that one with the knee always makes you sort of concerned, doesn't it? By all accounts, Alfie Doughty could be in the running for this game. We're not sure about Marvellous Nakamba. Obviously, Albert Sambi Lakonga's now back in training, but he's not eligible for this game. Um, and then, then we've got the longer-term injuries. So in terms of team changes, looks like we're going to be forced into one at the back. So that's probably going to see us go Osho, Lockyer, Bell. So if Doughty is fit, presumably he just comes back in at the left-hand side. That then leaves the forward area. Townsend sat out 
the first part against Brentford. But you've got to think we're going to need as many ball players who are comfortable on the ball as possible on the pitch. So does Townsend come into the equation? He does if you're looking at um, not letting Jorginho have the ball and, and do what he wants with it because Townsend will run and run um, and be a bit of a menace um, in that area of the pitch. Um, I think presumably that's why he was rested to start with anyway so he can come in here and have an effect um, against, a, against a quality side like Arsenal. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think Townsend would probably come in there um, and then, yeah, <laughs> you haven't got many, many more options anyway because you're having to you know, fill holes at the back. Yeah, I guess the other thing is what we discussed about in the Brentford Review podcast. Does um, Jacob Brown or Elijah Adebayo start the game? Mm. I think a lot depends on fitness of the likes of Ogbeni and whether he whether he starts with Townsend or not. Uh, which <clears throat> I don't know <laughs> is, is is the honest answer. Um, like you said, we said in the um, Bradford review review. Mm-hmm. It's the right word, yeah. In the yeah, in the Brentford one we we done earlier. <laughs> um, you know, it was all to do with like the amount of games we've got coming up, and obviously what Man City again on on Sunday. So do we do we make the change for this one or do it for that one? I don't know, but obviously you you can't expect players to play three games in seven days and expect to be like at full fitness at, at, at the top of your game. Some will be able to do it. Some will, some won't. I think, I think we talked about Benny sort of running out of steam a little bit. Perhaps he might come out. I think he's the interesting one because if he's not full fitness and he's having some issues with his foot, um, it'd be interesting to know what his numbers and stats are, because like you say, given the opportunity at the weekend to run past people, like he usually would, he wasn't put in on the afterburners and that, that's a worry, I think. And if he's not as effective doing that, um, would he stay in and would they give him a rest? Or is he doing other work that they see is important that, I mean, that keeps him in? This look, <laughs> this legitimately could be the game that we spoke about in the last podcast for Ryan Giles because the little bit of defensive skills that he does have will help on Saka and then attacking the other way. If, if it's literally get a ball into the box, probably isn't anyone maybe Alfie Doughty aside who's better at the club at doing that so maybe that's an option another option I want to discuss is Jordan Clark starting the game if we're going to counter-attack and we're going to need to drive the ball through that midfield at Jorginho there aren't many Ross Barkley aside who are better at doing that job than Jordan Clark and he's more than effective at getting across the ground as well yeah it's a good shout um I'd always have confidence in Jordan doing anything if he's if he's selected. I think he's earned that right to for us to trust him. Um, um, and you know he's he's only had a very 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 small part to play this season because of that injury. So, but if he's fit and ready, um, yeah, why not? I mean, it gives you a bit more uh, ball playing control in the centre of the park where perhaps you you need that because you're not going to have a lot of it. Um, you know, if, if if the ball comes into his feet, you'd trust him to find a way out of a difficult situation, then get his head up and 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 look for the players that are running. Uh, undoubtedly, we're going to have to sort of play on the counter. There's no problem with that because that's what happened against Liverpool, and it worked a treat. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good shout. 
Yeah, I do think Clark could offer something in this game because we're going to have to get Ross Barkley on the ball, but they're going to know that we're going to have to get Ross Barkley on the ball. So if we've got another one who can bring the ball out as well, and it might just free up a little bit of space for Ross Barkley. We're only looking at him doing two or three things in the game and having the maximum effect with them. But, Mm. you know, every little helps. We can't just start to be that sort of one-trick pony that it's either get it to Ogbeni or get it to Ross Barkley. There's got to be other options. Otherwise, teams at this level that have got 55 analysts or whatever, they're just going to mm-hmm. notice that straight away, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And that's why we're going to have to be a bit clever about it. Um, but obviously, the, the way we what was that? the way we played against Liverpool, yeah, I, I think we, we stunned them a little bit. And, you know, we we did stun Tottenham a little bit as well. It took, we, we really made them work hard for the three points. And Liverpool were arguably lucky to snatch a point because of how we set up and how we played so we can strike that lightning again that would be great you know um, who knows <laughs> obviously we're not expected to win it but you know if, if if we get things right and do do the basics right stick to the game plan you just never know no you don't uh, and obviously the game plan will be pretty much stop being, them being, well being <laughs> around an hour and yeah. then you've got make it. You've got to make it difficult. You've got Elijah. You've got you Chong. Got you've got whoever else to come on and hopefully make a difference. I, I guess that is the one thing you would say about Arsenal, isn't it? Their first eleven's very, very, very good. But then you look at the bench and you're like, other teams that we've played have had a lot more game changers. You know, if you look at Liverpool, you looked at their bench and you saw the name Luis Diaz and you thought, please stay there. Mm. You know, mm. don't come on. You look at that Arsenal bench. There isn't oceans of game changers on there. There's Trossard potentially, there's Nketiah potentially. But after that, that's probably why they didn't win the league last season. Yeah, potentially. But I, I do like the look of Nketiah. He's just obviously not going to be a, it doesn't seem to be factoring as a starter, but obviously he, he's, he banged in that hat-trick a couple of weeks ago uh, and one of them was an unbelievable strike from it's a waste, million miles out. It's wasted on Sheffield, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but if yeah. like... You, They've still got someone like him who's a natural goal scorer who they can just call yeah. when it's not when they're going a different way rather than with Jesus who does a little bit more than just score goals. Um, when they when, when it gets to the last twenty five to twenty minutes, you need a goal, and Ketty is going to get that for you. Yeah, and equally, I, I wouldn't say that Trossard is the man that you pick to play in the big games against the big teams. I don't think you have the effect that they're completely looking for, but I. In terms of playing a team like Luton, or teams lower down in divisions, he'd fancy himself. He's an international player after all. I'd expect he'd probably start this one. I'd, I'd, like I said, I don't think he'd, he'd necessarily start against some of the bigger sides, like you just said. Yeah. But that's the thing though, isn't it? If we can be in the game like we were against Liverpool, 65, 70 minutes, we're going to bring five pretty good options off. I'm not saying they're not going to bring good options off, but they're not going to bring the options that Liverpool threw on at us once we'd scored. And, um, Maybe that's the way we get into this game. Maybe we just keep it as tight as we possibly can and then the last 20 minutes give it hell for lever and... Uh, Undoubtedly and, is, yeah. And, and go at it that if, way, yeah. yeah. You can't give them anything to start with to make make them sweat on it, make it horrible and ugly if you have to. It's almost essential, I think. We're going to need to. Rely on that pressure that they're looking yeah. to go five points clear and the longer it's nil-nil, the more they'll feel they're losing their chance and... 
and you never know. And who, who knows? Someone like Kabore or someone with a bit of pace might just hit the counter attack at the right time. Listen, it's a difficult job. You've only got to look at what's happened in the Arsenal games this season. They're top of the league for a reason and they're beating much better teams than us. But the one thing we will do, we'll have a plan. We'll work on that plan. We'll execute it for 90 minutes. We'll go right to the end. We won't do a Sheffield United and um, we'll see what we get at the end of it. We'll finish this podcast as we always do with, and I'm sorry, I should just say if we've kind of painted a worst case scenario team news picture, we are second guessing really because there wasn't an awful lot of info that came out after the Brentford game and probably fair enough. Um, But if, for example, Nakamba is back, then that would obviously lift our spirits an awful lot more than you know the sort of doom and gloom picture that we've kind of painted on the podcast. Oh, certainly for me, because I don't, I'm not even factoring him in my thinking. Yeah, no, I'm the not. Games, no, so. I, I, don't, I wouldn't expect him to play. But saying that, I mean, you, you just mentioned there if Nakamba is playing, it lifts the spirits up a little bit more. But I can guarantee you, whoever is playing on Tuesday will be well up for it. Of and, course, yeah, and, and we'll. But no one's really suited to that role like Nakamba, is it? You know, no. we, we spoke earlier about no, the threat that Martin Odegaard can have. I mean, we only saw the relative freedom that Eze had um, two yeah. weeks ago. If, if Odegaard gets that, we're in a spot of bother, I, I, I would imagine. Just need age, Agent Osho to repeat that early doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think we'd all be much more happier if Nakamba is fit and we'd obviously be delighted if Ted and Mengi's injury isn't as bad as it looks and he's fit because that would be huge because uh, he's definitely got the pace in that defence. That just leaves us then with score predictions. Dan, as you wasn't with us for the Brentford preview podcast, I'll let you go first here. Oh, I'm Luton v Arsenal, how does it how does it end? Oh, do you know what? I would love a repeat of 88. Well, absolutely. Who wouldn't? Um, <laughs> I, sus- I suspect there's a but here though. Yeah, I can't see it. I'm going to say 3-2, but I think it's going to be probably 2-1 Arsenal. That's two score predictions. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm covering the virtualities here. (laughs) James, how do you see it going? Um, I'd really, really like it if uh, we could have that, please, because... Which one? 3-2 or the 2-1? 3-2. 3-2. 3-2, that'd be lovely. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one I actually think. One of them's a joke prediction. I'll tell you after. Oh well, you can't you can't pick yeah. and choose if you get one of them. Right? I can because that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we we're talking about keeping it tight and being nasty and all that stuff. We still haven't got a clean sheet. No, and I don't think it's going to happen this one either. So it's going to if that first if that clean sheet comes this week. I mean, we need to play the bloody lottery, don't we? We'll have hit, we'll have hit the jackpot. Yeah. We do, we do. So I think something, if you're going to get something out of it, like you're saying, I know it's a bit of a nostalgia pick for a 3-2, like the the Littlewoods Cup final, but you, they're going to score some and you're going to have to score more, um, which is... Sound like my dad. It's <laughs> it a tough task because they don't, they concede 0.83 goals a game um, and, and Luton aren't prolific. So um, it doesn't, I mean, like you say, it doesn't mean we can't breach that. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, because I've, I mean, you, you see it a number of times before. Like, you can have the best attack in, against one of the worst defenses in the league, and it still doesn't tell you what the result's going to be because the roles could change. Well, that's why they play the game and not play it on. Well, yeah, on these yeah. things here, but it's, yeah, well, that's, that's, why, that's why you can't. You can't. I know we're saying we expect to 
a defeat, but that's a realism. They'll be going in expecting to get something out of it. As I mean, I mean the yeah, I mean the you, only have to look at, you only have to look at the odds of the game. Luton are fourteen to one to win a home game for a good reason, you know. Mm. So there's been some seasons we haven't even been fourteen to one to win a league title. That's it's just just the size of the it's margins, stick isn't a it? Right? You know, it's. Um, but then, like, are Arsenal going to show up like Liverpool did? I suspect Liverpool showed up, and it, it absolutely looked painstakingly obvious to me that Liverpool showed up that that afternoon, thinking just go through the motions, we'll win the game. That's a point Do Arsenal have that arrogance about them? Oh yeah. The manager does, for absolute certainty. <laughs> well, he, I mean, Arteta is a perfectionist and he's a bit, I mean, he comes from the Guardiola school. Yeah. But all, all the top sides are going to expect to beat Luton. Well, the, yeah. And so if that takes a couple of percentages off your effort levels or your concentration, then, you know, that's only going to benefit Luton. So mm. um, that is a, a factor that you've got to consider in we're dwelling though, aren't we? Score there's, prediction. There's that, and then, <laughs> there's that, and then Luton, like up in the game for these sides. But yeah, yeah. Um, score prediction. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go. Uh, I'm going to go with a three-two birthday result, but a two-one realism result defeat. I think you copy him, man. Huh? <laughs> Are you differentiating from us, Kev? Or? Uh, yeah, I am. The one thing we haven't discussed is that during the World Cup last year, uh, we took a team down to Arsenal, didn't we, and played them in a friendly behind closed doors and we drew that game nil-nil and there was a certain sack of playing that day. And I know it's a friendly and I know it's not necessarily that important, but good point, there would be a lot of players on the pitch that would have played in that game who might have thought, well, you know, we if we play them again sometime soon, we've got, not a great deal to fear. And that was obviously their training ground uh, without the atmosphere that we're going to get. Uh, I've done it for all of the supposed big games so far this season. It clocked against Liverpool. So let's go with it again. Uh, Luton 1, Arsenal 1. We have covered all angles. <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll certainly go with that. Yeah, um, We'll probably take the lead. They'll probably get 46 minutes of injury time because of Arteta's whinging and moaning on the sidelines. <laughs> and, he ain't um, got much room to, on the sidelines, though, as he normally has. No, he doesn't. And then no doubt someone will pop, someone unlikely will pop up with a goal and um, we'll be made to settle for a 1 1 draw. But I think we'd accept that right now, wouldn't we? 1 1. That's for sure. Mm. Thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of the podcast or watching it, however it is that you've consumed it. Once again, the podcasts are going to come thick and fast this week and indeed the weeks afterwards. Please do subscribe to wherever it is that you pick up the podcast. Uh, you'll receive a notification immediately when each episode drops so that you don't have to miss uh, any of them. My thanks to James and to Dan for joining me on this Arsenal preview podcast. The review of this game will be out somewhere around Thursday this week. Obviously, it's a lot of messing around with all the different games and times and everything else. And then we'll have the Man City preview out to follow that ahead of Sunday's huge game. My thanks to the Hightown Club for hosting this podcast. If you haven't worked it out yet, there is entertainment downstairs. We do hope you haven't picked up any background music. To Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our intro music and to Ed Smith Creative for all of our designs on the set. Thank you to you for listening. Please do keep your comments coming. Give us your score predictions. Let us know what you think the Luton lineup might be. Who are the Arsenal threats? Have we identified the right ones? Uh, we'll shout out any correct scores in the review podcast. Unless, of course, it 
for an Arsenal win, in which case we'll have glossed over that and probably <laughs> won't have noticed it anyway. Um, <laughs> but until that Arsenal review podcast, thanks once again for watching or listening. Uh, if you're at Kenilworth Road on Tuesday, be loud, be very proud, get right behind the boys. They're going to need it more than any time this season on Tuesday night. I'm sure you will do. If you're watching on Amazon Prime, enjoy the game and we'll be back later in the week to review the game. But until then, come on, you hatters. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're Luke.